Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Welcome back, everyone. And uh, yeah, my name's Vic Francis, if I haven't met you before. And uh, it's lovely, lovely to be here tonight and to be able to share in what is the third week. It does go by quickly, doesn't it, December? What is the third week of our Advent series, calling it Advent Voices? And um, it's an amazing time of year, isn't it? Sort of Advent is a sort of more traditional church kind of uh, um, um, idea that some run through the centuries, really. And each week you're kind of following through the sense of, uh, of an inevitable walk towards meeting God who is with us. And so we're doing that rather deliberately um, during this time, both through the lighting of the candles and the series that we're doing that we're calling Vineyard Voices. It's sort of like a time and an invitation to prepare and to travel in some way. So it's kind of like it's not just isolated church services and then you get to Christmas Eve and then you have Christmas Day, but more an invitation really to embrace and imbibe something of Christmas in the lead up to Christmas. So we do hope that you're with us in that journey and that you'd like to follow through with us along the way. So our focus, what we've done this year, is to listen to the voices of those who are present at the Incarnation, Incarnation, God becoming human. I mean, a cosmic turning point, I think, that you could say. And um, some of the voices are so well known. You know, I preached last Sunday morning on Mary. It's like, well, we all know a little bit of least of the Mary story or maybe a lot about the Mary story. Um, but some of them are, are less known. Some of them we've av- just avoided, you know, kind of thing. That just looks too hard. Let's move on from there. Some of them are, are really faint. And I think we have some faint ones tonight that we'll listen to a bit. But starting two Sundays ago with John the Baptist, uh, we looked at, um, and right through to Christmas Eve, like Zoe's saying, five o'clock and seven o'clock, carol service, going to be great. Invite your neighbours, invite your friends, bring your families, all of those sorts of things. Um, we're listening to voices and trying to hear, you know, kind of if we're really astute, not only to hear the message of how it plays out in the Scriptures, but something that God might say to us. That would be the hope, I guess, as we, as we embrace. And so I want to encourage you towards that. And so tonight I'm talking about Simeon and Anna. Um, and this morning Macarita talked about Rachel, and here are another couple of voices maybe that are not all of that well known. So faint voices, but important voices. Next week, we're kind of going back to the main and the plane. We're doing shepherds in the morning, no, angels in the morning and shepherds at night. And, um, you know, kind of we'll start to ramp up again until we get to Christmas and that sort of thing. But you can be part of this a number of ways. One is by being here tonight, which is fantastic. Another is if you're, you know, kind of not in a morning service, for example, or a night service, to listen to our podcast. So there are eight sermons in this whole Series and you'd be better off for listening to all eight than just sort of two, two or three along the way, um, and that'd be worthwhile. Or, and you'd really be better off in reading um, the first few chapters of Matthew and the first couple of chapters of Luke, and you'll read all of these stories and read them slowly and read them with a sense of, you know, I want to hear your voice, and I think that would be a really helpful thing for you to do along the way. So, Anna and Simeon, this is. Um, uh, 
a stained glass window at Canterbury Cathedral in the UK. We'll um, hear their story. But just to get an idea, or does, does anyone know anything about Anna and Simeon? Just, just kind of off the top of your head. It's, it's, there's, there's no right, well, there's probably some wrongs, but, but I'm not, I'm not going to expose you for not knowing. I'm thinking it's probably a faint voice that we're listening to. Anna and Simeon, anything come to mind? Not a lot that come to mind. It may be just a quiet congregation, but I suspect I suspected that. I would have been so surprised if, you know, I just happened to be. What's that? No, yeah. <laughs> Man, you're, just, you're taking all my best material. <laughs> we have an Alex and Simeon, but they're not related to each other at the moment that they're not, and they will be at some stage, and hopefully they never will and stuff like that. That would be a real surprise. Would it be better that you knew now than later, probably? But anyway, I digress. I digress. So we do have an Alex and Simeon, but no, they're not the people. But yes, they are getting married. But interestingly, Simeon takes the name of one of these people. So Simeon, tell us about your name. Uh, We. He who listens to God, someone who carries that name, named after the Simeon that we're looking at tonight, more or less. Heavy load to carry, yeah. It'd be hard to be named Jesus, though, eh? So Simeon's probably a little bit easier than being named Jesus, but there you go. So there you go, a real live biblical character in our midst, and, uh, and, and there we go. He's not quite as old as, but I guess one day he will be. Anna and Simeon, faint voices, little faint voices, and yet their story's 20 verses out of the Christmas story, which isn't very long in the Scriptures. So I think there's some voice for us to listen to tonight. And so let's read about them, Simeon and Anna, in that order. And this takes place after the birth and after the shepherds, but probably before the wise men arrive. So, you know, kind of putting it into context along the way. And I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 2 from the message. So you may like to look. It's just 19 verses, and they're quite short. So, But I'll just take you through, and then we'll... We'll look to, to hear some voices. So I will ask at the end, just to say, you know, kind of at the end of the reading, did you notice anything? So just, just be aware of it. And again, if, if there is nothing in particular, we'll move on from there. So it goes like this. When the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he conceived, before he was conceived. Then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God As commanded in the law, every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God and also to sacrifice a pair of dove or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. And so you can see up here in the Canterbury Cathedral, uh, Mary and Joseph coming up. You can see the little pigeons looking looking eagerly over the side, but they don't know what's going to happen to them. There's Jesus there, obviously, and Anna and Simeon who are there. Uh, In Jerusalem at that time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered in the temple. As the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. And this is what Simeon said. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. 
It's now out in the open for everyone to see a God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people Israel. Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words. Simeon went on to bless them and said to Mary, his mother, this child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel. A figure misunderstood and contradicted the pain of a sword thrust through you. But the rejection will force honesty as God reveals who they really are. So that's Simeon's story. Anna, verse 36, if you're following it all, Anna the prophetess was also there, a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was by now a very old woman. She had been married seven years and a widow for 84 She never left the temple area, worshipping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God, and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. And then in verse 39, when when they finished everything required by God and the law, this is Mary and Joseph, they returned to Galilee and their own town, Nazareth, where the child grew strong in body and wise in spirit, and the grace of God was on him. And with that, you end the Christmas story, in Luke at least. Um, The next time, Luke 2.41, Jesus is 12, and they're back in the temple. So that story is coming in from there. So we end the Christmas story there. So just um, not expecting anything of, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, interpretation or whatever, but just was there anything in the story that you noticed that was like, oh, man, that's interesting, or, oh, I'd never noticed that before, just kind of free for all. Anything kind of that you noticed? Nothing in particular? I'm going to have to do it. If you don't, if you won't do it, I'm going to have to do it. What? Anna seemed really old. I, I heard a groan from over there. I was thinking somebody noticed that because I knew that. So, seven, years. seven years and what over 84. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. We will chat about that a little bit in the May. Anybody, anything else? Again, it's not, um, it's, it's not that you have to do my job for me because I've, I've got a few things in mind. So there you go. Okay, let's, um, let's explore that. So... We're talking about voices, and I think the voices to echo through, and it's, it's like it's, it's quite a, loud, a long transmission, isn't it, from, you know, kind of these Old Testament-type people who are there almost at the end of something, and Jesus is the new coming in for us to hear that right through in 2020, you know, kind of 21 centuries basically later, and kind of figure that out along the way. But one of the things that I thought about... Um, as I was kind of pondering this whole thing, is um, there are voices in here, I think, of character. I I love the sense of the laying on of layers of age probably in this time, but of character that we see, um, particularly in Simeon, certainly in Anna as well, but Anna's not as well described. And so Simeon is described as a good man, a good man. And I'd like, to, I'd like to think about that and to ponder that for a, a little while. You might know um, of the fruit of the Spirit scripture in Galatians 5, 23. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and it says it's love, joy, peace, patience. Interesting, uh, love, joy, and peace are three of our candles. We'll light the love candle next week. But love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. And here you have Simeon declared as a good man, which in the context of his long wait and his great age and the fact that God is going to, seems to be an important thing for him to be labeled as. And I think it speaks to us in Simeon about character. And character is important and character is something that's borne out by lots of probably little good decisions along the way. Um, I know um, when I became a Christian, mostly we've got a, a, you know, kind of a much younger than me crowd tonight at least. But there was sort of this real sense of like when you became a Christian, there's certain things that you did do and that you didn't do. And you probably, you know, you don't get drunk. You don't kind of, you know, kind of sex before marriage, all of those sorts of things. And, and those things in a sense have become sort of less of a kind of a definition of you're in or you're out. And probably it's, it's not such a bad thing for that. But nevertheless, it's probably now we're a little bit kind of, you know, kind of perplexed perhaps. Well, what does good look like then? So, you know, kind of, okay, so we used to know what good looked like, even though often it, it, it wasn't a description of good. But what does good look like now? And we kind of have to think about that and we have to work through that along the way. So this week, or no, about, about a month ago, a really prominent pastor in the States was found to be having a, an extramarital affair and, and was stood down from his church. And there's, been, there's just been this swirl, particularly sort of in Pastorville, of... of figuring out some things because pastors kind of worry about those sorts of things and yet too often are caught in those sorts of situations. And so been thinking about this. There's one um, guy in particular, a guy called David French, who's a commentator who's, who's commented on those things along the way. And he, he's talked not so much about pastors who fall, but about pastors who don't fall. And, and he says um, two things about pastors who don't fall. And I think the first one in particular can apply to any of us. And maybe the second one is more for, for pastors of big churches at least is first they don't trust their virtue. They don't trust their goodness in a sense. They again and again allow it to be, you know, kind of uh, examined by God and examined by those who are, you know, kind of close to them and to those to whom that they want to be accountable. And there's something about that when you do that year after year and time after time that you become someone, it seems, who is good. And the other thing that, they, that he says is they don't believe their fame. You know, they don't believe that they've earned their fame. And so I don't, I don't think there's many famous people in this room. Um, so maybe that's a slightly different thing along the way. But French says in this article, he says, when we can make the easy choices, we don't have to make the hard choices. And I love that as kind of a, just a way to live. You know, there's Simeon, and you, you don't see that in the story, but I think the voice echoes of there is a man who's going to see something they've been waiting for for 400 years because of a whole lot of really good, simple choices that turned him into a man who's good that turns him into the man who gets to bless the, the baby Jesus at eight days. And what a wonderful thing it is. Simeon, a voice of character. Wouldn't it be great to be known at the end of it all, you know, as good or gentle or kind or self-controlled or faithful or whatever it is? It seems like an invitation to me. What else? Voices of worship. We're not so quite so good at seeing the words up there, but voices of, of worship. I love the sense of Simeon living in a prayerful expectancy. You know, there's something about him sort of there in the temple day after day. And even though we, we kind of find, if we know our Old Testament a little bit, that there's been like this 400-year gap between when God seemed to last speak and when he was about to speak now. But the faithfulness of this thing and the sense of God having spoken to him, and I won't die until I see the, the, the goodness of God, and living 
in a prayerful expectancy. And, and what about Anna? You know, kind of there when it's all happening and the Holy Spirit is very present in this moment um, of, of this um, arrival in the temple and breaking into this anthem of praise. I think there's a voice there and it's, like, it's almost like we could, as we come to Christmas, we could, we could stand there and say, where is my level or contribution to prayerful expectancy or to a voice of an anthem, an anthem of praise. You know, kind of the sense of anticipation of, of the living Jesus, of, of God being born, of God among us, of the incarnation, of, of, of his voice breaking through into, into our lives. And I, I just can't help feel like Simeon and Anna have voices that well translate through 21 centuries to bring to us, to have the sense of invitation of saying, this Advent, this Christmas, this walk, I'm called and invited and encouraged towards living in prayerful expectancy and, and living in an, in, a, in an attitude of praise. I think it talks about prayers and fastings and things like that, all of, all of those sorts of things. I love that sense of invitation that God does. And then I think it talks about faces of, um, uh, or voices, sorry, of pain and waiting. You know, I love the Bible's rawness um, because I think it, it, it so well represents lives. I, I, I kind of love, and it's, you know, I mean, uh, the little five-year-old with Kawasaki's, you know, or, or Simeon's um, great uncle or, or, or whatever, you know, the pain, in a sense, of knowing those things and, and then the joys that we have and the, the excitement that we have. We, we live in both the, 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 the beauty, as did, did Briar say that or did Zoe say that, the, both the beauty and some of the pain that we live in. And the Bible is so real about both of those things. Even as we light the joy candle, we're aware of the fact that it's, that it's, it's set against a background. I mean, COVID, for goodness sake, the year that we've had. Um, you know, just talking to somebody yesterday who's, who's, who's in the health profession but was overseas. He said, two of my colleagues, 135, 165, died of COVID when I was there overseas. It's like, you know, we're a little bit protected from it here perhaps, but it's like very, very real when you know those sorts of things. And so like um, you pointed out, Joe, you know, kind of here's Anna. And just think about the sense of being married seven years and widowed for 84. It's like it just doesn't seem right. And yet there's something about the rawness and the reality of that in Anna's life. And what about the prophecy of Simeon to Mary? Mary comes to bless the baby. I mean, we do baby um, dedications sometimes. And, you know, you kind of bring the baby in and it's for a blessing, you know. It's for a kind of a good word over that baby. And Simeon sort of says, you know, kind of this is going to come. And she talks about the pain of a sword thrust through you. And I've never thought about this before. When Mary didn't get a sword thrust through her. Jesus got a sword thrust through him, except only a mother, maybe, or a, or a father, perhaps, only a parent, perhaps, can know the pain of seeing their child go through the agonies of lives. And many of us as parents or as people who will be parents have or will experience some of those pains, and yet it's there and it's real and it's raw and yet the presence of God is there and it's an invitation to us to even in those pains 
to walk through and to know that Jesus walks through those things with us. So Simeon, you know, I've referred to it a, a few times, but he represents 400 years of prophets and priests who had waited. Um, a, a lot of his um, two kind of prayers and blessings there are um, kind of repeating uh, everything from um, Isaiah 40 to 55, the, those prophetic Psalms, as he talks about the salvation of the Lord, the light for the Gentiles, the glory for Israel. All of these things are coming to fruition in these things. And so it's worth a read and it's worth a go back and it's worth a reflection. And then, as I say, he kind of he, he predicts to Mary some of the anguish that she's going to have and prepares her for it. And so the voices of pain and the voices of waiting, and there will be people even tonight who have that sense of pain, who have that sense of I'm waiting, are important and significant voices along the way. And then finally, as I see anyway, oh, sorry, so 84 years a widow, pain of a sword thrust through you, the centuries of waiting. And then finally, I think we can discern in here voices of, of blessing and peace. Um, Simeon takes... Jesus into his arms, and what does he do? The first thing he does is bless God. So I guess that's an act of worship, isn't it? But blesses God, and then he goes on to bless, as I read it anyway, he blesses Mary and Joseph. I'm not actually quite sure that he blesses Jesus, but I I guess that was part of the ceremony along the way. And he says these amazing words, and I think they resonate, and they could resonate to you this evening, tonight, this service, or even tonight. And he says this, God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. What a, what a gobsmacking blessing to pray over. And this has been used through centuries as a, a funeral prayer or a, you know, kind of a last rites type of prayer or a farewell prayer. But what a great prayer to pray every night as your head hits the pillow during this Advent season. What an invitation it is to to recognize and to know what God's release might be. And he's definitely praying about the fact that he's now seen this so he now can die. So, I mean, he's talking about that himself. But to release in me a peace, you know, kind of we light a candle of peace. Because with my eyes, I've seen your salvation. I've seen who and what you are, and I want to live in it and to grow into that. And so I think Anna and Simeon, Give us an opportunity to to listen to faint voices, to strain our ears towards them, and maybe to explore things or be challenged in things around character, around worship, around our pain and our waiting, and around our sense of blessing and peace and what that might mean to an individual here tonight or to a, a couple here tonight or to whatever would be different as many different people are as there are here who are here tonight. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.